My name's Tomo and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And let's crack on. Ho, ho, ho. From me, Tomo, Minton as well. Welcome everyone to the Christmas Chimwag, not live, not live. Um, I'm recording this on New Year's Eve. Um, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. And yeah, it's um, it's that time of the year again, isn't it? Now, did I do a Christmas podcast last year? This used to be a bit of a tradition. I would sit down, sometimes with Hannah as well. Um, she's doing stuff today. So it's me and I brought this one along, who's going to sit on my shoulder for as long as... I deem comfortable, and as long as he's comfortable, which I think you're all right there at the minute, mate. And when I walk around in town with him, you know, sometimes you, you know, you've got a dog-friendly shop, but there's like stuff on the floor, and he, he's, he's a hunter, so he eats everything and anything. Sometimes I will just pick him up and put him on my shoulder, because it's genuinely like more convenient for me. It's not a, it's not a burden on my arms, my hands are free, he's off the ground, he likes being up higher. Um, little parrot, ain't you? But... Hello everyone, how are we all doing? I, I like to do these Christmas podcasts, um, well, you know, I can summarise the year all, it's a good time to summarise of, of what happened this year, if you're interested, um, on what's happened, this is, you know, my YouTube channel, this is my job now, um, it's my full-time thing, so it's a, it's a good time to reflect, but also I know a lot of people out there, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough, I've got family that I'm going to um, late today, and tomorrow and Boxing Day as well. Um, cheers, by the way. I've got a cider. Can't go wrong. This might not be live, but I'm definitely doing this uncut. This is my... Um, Aspel Asp is the best cider. This is the... It's kind of... It's 6.8%. This is quite a higher percentage cider. Um, but Aspel... Apple cider across the board. If you're in the UK, have a bang on it. Trust me. Um, you will not be disappointed. But yeah, not everyone's got that... Privilege, right? So I'm sure some of you might be watching this after you've opened your presents, um, which, you know, if you're choosing to watch this instead of spending time with your family, you can watch this later, right? Go and spend time with your family. Um, but obviously a lot of people, it's kind of like, you know, like on Valentine's Day, it's a particularly hard time for people who aren't in a relationship. Um, and at Christmas time, if you don't have a lot of um, close friends and family don't necessarily have anything to do on Christmas then. Well, we're here to have a little chat about... I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, there's not really much newsworthy going on. Um, this is F1 off-season at the end of the day. And, uh, yeah, just to kind of wrap up the year, I asked on YouTube community um, if there's any things you want to talk about on here. So I'll pluck a few of them out later on in this pod. But... Yeah, I suppose, should we start should Start with, yeah, just a reflection on the year. A year that's been, in fact, what I'll do, I'll get up my um, YouTube analytics, because it's always interesting to see, um, from an analytics point of view, how this year has gone. So if I look at, at 2023, actually compare that to 2022, I've not actually really looked at this. So this year to date, 10.9 million views, it's pretty cool. It's like just under um, a million per month on average. 
Um, but it is down from last year, actually. So if I look 2022, over the entire year, I've got 15 million views. But interestingly, I've actually made, just from, from Google AdSense, I've actually made a little bit more money this year, even though I've got about 4 million fewer views, which is, ah, it's interesting how YouTube works, isn't it? Like not all view, not all views are valued the same by YouTube as a platform. Um, but obviously 2022 was a, was a, a good competitive season for the, at least the first half of it. Let me try and let me actually have a look at 2021 and see how that compares. So I've, I've done about 11 million views this year. I did 15 last year. And then if I select the range from the start of 2021 till the end of 21, how many days is it? 31 in December. No, it's not. 30? It's 30, isn't it? Uh, 2021, boom. Let's, let's see. Wow, and in 2021, I've got, I had 18 million views in 2021. So it's going down, but the revenue's going up. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I feel like, and obviously there's there's some big peaks around a certain... Um, a certain season finale in 2021. That's actually really interesting to see because my revenue's gone up each year, even though the views have gone down. Um, it's interesting. But I, I guess I, I think with this sport, you know, covering a sport, and you can see actually at the start of the year, the numbers are a lot higher. Like February, it's very high. Obviously, I'm doing all my livery redesigns, which I do plan on still doing for 2024. Don't you worry about that. Um, and there's always the, the pre-season expectation and hype. Are you all right there, buddy? Come on, get comfortable. Um, there's always the pre-season expectation and hype. So um, you're going to get that every season. And then obviously, if it, if it ends up being a banger, then the interest carries on. Um, if it doesn't, then fine. But I think, I think I've worked out a few different... You know, we, we've, there's the whole evergreen content versus more topical content and this channel definitely started if you've been here since you know 2020 the early days um which was the first year it really started going um that year was very much evergreen obviously covid saw the first half of the year it had to kind of be evergreen stuff um but there was an appetite for it because of drive to survive pushing views to the channel blah 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 um and obviously now that's very much leveled off. And 2023, look, it's been a, it's been one of the most dominant seasons of all time for sure. But there's also been like, you know, in dominant seasons in the past, there was also no battle in the midfield. There was no battle. There is there has been something to captivate most weekends, but it's just never going to be as compelling as a battle at the front, is it? Um, so, because I, I I see some people being like, oh, you know, trying to make drama out of 2023 you're just faking it whatever like no that like okay yes there's not a battle at the front which of course is the most compelling thing to be but there is still stories going on and yeah look at the end of the day i think the total field spread is as close as it well it is it is factually the total field spread in qualifying pace is the closest it's ever been um, obviously race pace is a different story with the Red Bull of Max Verstappen specifically but yeah I, th I think there's I don't know that you would think next season I mean like I, I said at the start of last year that it will be closer this year than it was in the first year and 
Mercedes Ferrari particularly kind of dropped the dropped on dropped a, a smelly one, didn't they? Really. Um, fingers crossed they turn it around. I was in Maranello earlier this month as well. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, pretty pretty sick. It was through um, some Santander stuff we did with last lap earlier in the year, and that was part of the part of the the award. Met Albert Fabrega, legend. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, Victor, um, Victor as well, big Spanish YouTube does similar kind of content to me. Um, Spanish speaking, I know there was a bit of crossover, maybe some Victor viewers out there. What a legend, what a lovely, lovely chap he is. Um, and yeah, and now we're here today. Obviously, I'm not doing last lap next year, that's obviously been a project that I took on midway through um 2022 and obviously i've already spoken about you know my reasonings from stepping away from that um just ha wanting to have more freedom um to go to races to you know not have that tire um to get my videos out sooner as well because i think at the, at the end of the day evergreen videos are it's a lot there's a lot more risk, I feel like now for me, putting out an evergreen video because it's just really hard to guarantee that viewership. Um, whereas with topical stuff, when there's a particular subject that's come out of a race weekend, get on that quick, you know, I can I can edit that all myself. I can do it on a Sunday evening and get it out on Monday, you know. Um, that is really important. Like when I used to freelance for WTF1, and we do it in the internet's best reactions. You know, I'd sometimes be working on that until like two, three in the morning just to, because you just got to get it out as soon as possible. And that meta is still very much, you know, the way forward. And there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more channels popping up now as well. Um, and a lot of people, you know, Law's a great channel, Law VS, um, great guy. Had him on last lap as well. Um, Sam Perspective's doing bits. Aldas obviously putting it out as per. Um, there's a lot more people out there doing it and jumping on stuff quickly. And, you know, it's a combination, isn't it? I, I think, you know, you want to talk about things with authority to a degree that you've kind of taken everything in and you understand what you're talking about and you're not just chatting absolute nonsense. But also, yeah, like, that's how YouTube works. You want to get in there when the the topic is is prevalent in the in the hearts and minds of F1 fans, you know? Um, to capitalize and and ultimately you know that's something that you just have to think about with this job um, because yeah there are obviously say that the views have gone down the last two years in a row but also the the revenue's gone up which probably tells me in a way I, I think obviously the live streaming component has gotten bigger for me um, and I really enjoy doing the live podcast I think that the chimwag is is definitely here to you know that I, I think with my main channel videos I'm I'm pretty happy with where they are. Um it's just with these live like getting more clips, I think clips of these um these chimwags will really help increase the audio only listenership and and then I can yeah just rely on you know rely on rely on more support over different platforms, not just YouTube, right? Just pigeoning pigeonholing myself to YouTube. Um, and getting more of a more of a presence elsewhere. Look at his little paws. Sorry, to, to, so apologies to all audio-only listeners, but his paws look so cute right now. They're just like perfectly lent down. He's, he's like a little human with no arms and just two legs. 
aren't you, mate? You tired? Do you do you want to tell you what? My hoodie's down there. Do you want to go and sit in the hoodie? Should we put him in the hoodie? He's, he's been up here for almost twelve minutes now. So you know what? Let's let's put you in the hoodie, buddy. Alright. Let's shut you down here. Alright. You'll be nice and whoa, whoa, almost. It'll be nice and comfortable in there. He's a borrower by nature, isn't he? He's a sausage dog, so that's just how it works. Mm. Cheers, everyone. Um, yeah, so I was literally, me and Ham went for a long dog walk yesterday. And I was talking about this kind of goals and stuff for, for 2024. Definitely, yeah. Make the, the this live podcast, this chinwag better. Um, definitely. Get those main ch- like I'm quite happy like I'm quite happy doing all the editing I do you know right now I do everything myself still I, I do all my scripting I do all my editing I do all my um, thumbnailing and all that stuff and and I, I'm quite happy with that with that one main channel video a week I'm quite happy with that and then it's just a matter of okay the short form stuff again without last lap as a, as a time obligation anymore you know, can I, can I do that myself probably quicker than it would be sending a edit of the footage, approving it, not necessarily approving it, then going for a second draft, blah, blah, blah. Probably worth just doing it by myself. And I, I, I like doing the stuff, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that doesn't mean anything to, to you guys as the viewers, as the people who put me in this position, because without your collective support, like this isn't a job. And I'm still doing graphic design for an agency, which you know was was fun. Up, and if if and when YouTube does die for me and this platform, yeah, I like to think I'll I'll find a way to navigate myself through it and keep working in Formula One for sure. But I know I can always go back to those skills, and that's how I think why it's important for me to, you know, I can do I can do all the, all of the components that make a successful YouTube channel. You know, I can do the editing, I can do the design for the thumbnails, I can do the script writing, I can do the recording to camera, blah blah blah, like. I, I like I like that. I think that's important. That's important to me anyway. Um, but like when I do my merchandise, wh- where are you going? Oh, he's seen his snuggie, which I hid away down here. But this is a lot more comfortable, and it's actually a snuggie with lots of sausage dogs on it. Um, but this is his favourite, obviously, to get into because look, it's all like it's all. Probably needs to go for a wash, mate, at some point. I'm not going to lie. Because it does smell of... I mean, I love the smell of my sausage dog, but, you know, he can kick up a bit of a stink sometimes. Um, What was I saying? Well, I completely lost my trail of thought. I was saying that... Um, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> he can't have been anything that important. Um... Doing everything myself. Oh yeah, having yeah yeah. Do, do, doing it all myself. Blah blah blah. Like, I I don't know if that is of of. I don't know if like this channel is called Tomo and it's all done by me, and I kind of like that. I guess, right? Like me outsourcing things makes it feel a bit less personal to me, you know, and perhaps to you. In the same way with my t-shirts. Um, I've literally got, obviously, where I've made my own t-shirts, I've, I decided to keep a couple. So these are my two. These have both been through a few washes. My two larges. 
Um, so these are these are my ones. These are the ones that I wear and rotate. Um, but obviously, and obviously, yes, I didn't actually cut and sew them myself. I got a manufacturer to do that for me um, in the Midlands of the United Kingdom. But you know, I did design it. I did kind of decide on the exact cut and fit. I did package them all myself. I did the swing tags and like I don't know. Part of it is just being a bit of a control freak, probably. Um, but but also, you know, with that process, there are things I would be prepared to outsource more so for the for future drops, because I definitely want to do more. Um, but I do think the hand packaging them and writing a... I, I need to get a different pen, because I was writing on the outside of the bags, but then I saw some of them getting received, and the pen was hard, like, mainly rubbed off, so I haven't done that with the the latest batch that I need to send to the postie soon, which is just down there. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, with YouTube merchandise, it's, I don't know, it's, I, I want to give value to what I think people want to receive. And I think there is value in me hand packing them all myself, you know, because you've, paid for my merchandise and I think having that increased kind of degree of connection to what you're buying rather than just you know oh I just made a design put it on a t-shirt and then it's gone through some third party thing that's done all done everything and then it gets to your door but there's no like direct connection I guess to, to me doing it that plus you know and again the most people do it that way and that's no shade at all it's just this is a bit of a passion project for me as well because i used to work at a clothing retailer and that kind of stuff i think is kind of important um it's important to me so yeah i i think i think for future drops it will be a lot more streamlined um and don't worry the next t-shirt will be a pink one i'll make sure of it um but yeah so channel channel all in all pretty happy um yeah opportunities as well right outside the channel obviously what i've been on the sky podcast now like six times um which is pretty great like obviously i've got a you know really good relationship with matt now matt baker who does the the hosting um try and make myself available as much as i can to give you know give my insight and put myself on a platform it's really it's really interesting um (laughs) reading the comments as well it's quite humbling (laughs) Because obviously the Sky Sports F1 audience is not the Tomo audience. Um, so there's a lot of people who are like, Ooh, the, who's this guy? Uh, what's he talking about? You know, which is like, I mean, it's just, you know, if, if you're going to put yourself out there, which I'm choosing to put myself out there, then you have to accept there's going to be some some blowback. But ultimately, like, yeah, I, I think I think I... I think I'll stand my ground. I think I'll do, do, a, do a good job and I'd love to do more of that kind of stuff. Again, that's part of, you know, th- this channel, this YouTube channel will always be number one. Like, I've got zero plans for that to change. Can, can I promise it will always be number one? Probably, I can't, no, I can't promise that. But like, there are zero, I promise you, there's zero plans for anything other than this YouTube channel to be my main focus. I have zero plans. And I can't imagine, like, of course, yeah. It, it, imagine if some, you know, I don't know, say Apple TV got the F1 rights and they came along being like, right, we want you to be involved 
permanently in some fashion. Like right now, I'm like I would say no, but if it's like an ad hoc thing, like oh a few races a year, I'd be like yeah, of course, come on, let's do it. Because I feel like you know that that would be. I think I've I've got better and part of doing last lap as well is, is I think that's really improved my presenting skills and my comfort in front of multiple cameras with people and earpieces and all that stuff which is nothing I like planned on doing but I think I, I think I can hold my own you know I think I think I can do an all right job um all right job now at that but yeah we'll, we'll see what the future holds again I, I think if it ain't broke don't fix it I think I've got a good thing going here my one video a week um obviously around the races it's going to be more um topical content it should get out quick but i mean i'm i'm as good an editor as i've ever been i can definitely improve but to what extent do i really want to improve that's kind of debatable um i want to kind of refresh all my graphics ahead of next season in terms of all my overlays and stuff like that but yeah otherwise i think yeah more more ad hoc stuff improve the the, the chin wags just like my um F1 manager, big up F1 manager, sent me out this stream deck like um time ago. And I've never set it up. But it's got these buttons here. So imagine these live streams, right? And I can just go, I can just put a fart sound on it or Fernando Alonso's telling you to leave her the space or whatever, right? Carlos Science being like, no, Ricky, no. <laughs> like, I should be doing that. I should, I should definitely be doing that. And like having all the transitions, have little kind of audio tunes on them and kind of produce something really say someone i really look up to in this space is a guy called james alcott who does football content and the way he you know he he really deep dive he dives deep deep dives dives deep into the the uh, tactics and the but he talks about football in the way that i want to talk about f1 you know it's not this kind of super shouty, blah, 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 like classic fan TV um, thing. It's, you know, a real genuine chat and he's very involved and he he does a lot of live streams as well. I think I think James is definitely the, the person I look up to most in this space um, because he does, you know, and his, his background's production and he has multiple... Well, he, yeah, he has multi-cams, he has zoom-in crops and unzoomed in crops that he's all set to a thing. So he's like, that's where I'd like to get to, for sure. And I, and I think I, I definitely think I can. I just need to put a bit of time into getting all that stuff worked out. Um, but yeah, he's he's someone I really look at look up to in, in this space. And he's, you know, in terms of his ad hoc stuff, doing bits with Sky and ESPN and all that, like, yeah, it, there's definitely opportunities there. Um just got to stick true to the way I want to talk about the sport, which is the way I've always talked about the sport. I like to think, you know, opinions shouldn't be consistent. Sport and opinions should change over time. But I like to think I'm pretty consistent in the way I come across. Like I, I noticed in my, um, when I did that like three and a bit hour live stream, um, packing t-shirts, one of the top comments was like, even on a three and a half hour live stream, Tomo still comes across the same as he does in his videos, which I'm like, like that, that meant a lot because it's like, yeah, I, I'm just like to keep up an act for this whole like for for long streams and all these videos. It's just 
that'd be exhausting, man. Like, I, no, like, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I think this, this, if you're going to create content online, there's this assumption you have to be this like really different character, a really dialed up version of yourself. And of course, you know, when I'm doing last lap and presenting, you know, and I'm introing videos and whatever, like you just do speak in a certain way. But once the intro's out of the way, I like to think it all just kind of chills out and like, right, welcome to the blah blah. Like you have that at the start, and then it just kind of you just walk into a walk into a kind of a, a normal conversation. So yeah, uh, no, I'm pretty happy with how things are going. It's good to see a lot of you know, seen seen a lot of channels come and go over the years in the F1 space, but. I think I, you know, I, I, I hope that I hope I hope more pop up. You know, I, I hope a twenty twenty four, a better season in twenty twenty four, um, brings more people to the to the table because I just think the bigger the space, the better for everyone. Honestly, like I'm I'm all for collaborating as well. I want to do more collaborations with other people, other channels. You, there are some people out there which I get. You think, oh, well, everyone's a competitor, and you know, but I think collaborations benefit everyone both the person who is coming onto your channel and you because you're exposing each other to each other's audiences and then it's very much a, a merit-based thing, you know? If, if someone's going to come over from someone else's channel to yours and watch, then if you're going to keep them, then that's on you. If you're not going to keep them, that's also on you. And sometimes you just, you know, channels have different audiences. I, I think, you know, there's probably some... There are some F1 YouTubers that I share more of an audience with than others. In fact, actually, let's have a look at my... Because on analytics, on my on my YouTube analytics, it does tell me... Um, let me find it. It's audience. So channels that your audience watches. So Formula One, of course. P1, Matt and Tom. No surprise there. Uh, the Race, Oracle Rebel Racing, Aldas. Josh Revel, Marquez Brownlee. Love that. Law VS, Perspective. Dan no, I don't know Dan no, no skill. I've never heard of um, Dan no skill. Is, uh, oh, that's 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 uh, loud. Oh, so you should, I've I've not come across this guy before. I have to check him out. Um, DJ YJ. Again, that's going to come through with a bit of sim racing content. Um, Scotty Mansell, Driver sixty one, F one reverse, FP one Will, of course, big up Will, and the High Performance Podcast. Interesting. Yeah, it does tell. Yeah, so it kind of tells you in the analytics what other channels that your viewers watch, and it's yeah, it's interesting to see the the parallels. Talking to P one, actually, obviously Matt and Tom been doing their live shows. I went met might have met some of you maybe there because there were definitely some people at Matt Matt and Tom's live show in Islington who watched my stuff as well. And we were chatting. Um, obviously, uh, me and Aldas did a couple of live shows earlier this year. That's mad to think that the first one was at the start of this year. That's actually mad. Um, yeah, we've not we've not really me and Aldous haven't really spoken about the next one. Just the fir the first one was the first one was good. F one arcade sold out really quickly. Um, we should have made a bit of money, but the venue messed up at the start, and people were um, money people were paying for drinks, and it wasn't coming out the min minimum spend, even though it should have been for like the first forty five minutes, which was obviously stress that we didn't want. But there you go. The audio, the, the sound system there wasn't very good as well. The speakers, that people couldn't really hear us. Um, so there were definitely issues, but it was the first one we did. Second one was in Barking, bigger venue, 
but it wasn't essential. We didn't have the F1 arcade pool. We didn't sell the tickets anywhere near as quickly. We still got good numbers in the end. We got like 120, 130. Um, in total, we did have some like guests as well, um, like other creators that we invited down because we, you know, it'd be good little creator space, um, different creators socialize with each other as well as you know viewership from mine and Aldas's audience meeting oh i watch you as well you know what i mean so that was fun and the, the shows themselves have been great that adds issues with the speakers as well at times annoyingly um but yeah i mean all in all they, they were both really fun to do the second one was <laughs> we both lost a good chunk of money on that um in particular, just minimum spend stuff is 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 tricky. So it's it's almost like finding a venue for that kind of event. Because for for me, for what I'd like to do, I wouldn't want to have more than like a hundred and fifty at absolute maximum. Because the kind of live show that I want to do, and I feel like our first two have been, have been more like have been quite intimate. You sat there, everyone's there. You know, you talk for a bit. Then you break and you walk around and you chat with people and and then everyone gets a drink and it's like that kind of pub chat vibe. And then you get back on stage and you do another 45 minutes, half hour, whatever. Then you have another break and chat and people get food and walk around. And and then you go back up and you do like an interactive quiz, get people. And like, like for the first two bits interactive, we had people uploads um, who were like, right, who wants to talk about... Charles Leclerc, who thinks he's had a great season, who thinks he's overrated, right? Get two people up and then discuss it, debate it, you know? Like these kind of discussions that I like to have, um, me and Aldas both like to have on our channels, but like do it in person, you know? That's, but then with those lower numbers comes, you know, the ticket prices have to be somewhat, you've always got minimum spends as well. You know, it, it's very difficult to, to make to to come out of that in the in the green at all at all i mean again broke even on the first one and, and lost a good bit of money on the second so there's certainly things that learned from both of the first two i think right now for me it's not a priority because there's other things i want to get like sorting out the live streams and getting them bigger um yeah and but I definitely want to do another one. Maybe it's it's more like a one-a-year thing, like in mid-season. We'd we'll definitely explore doing it mid-season, for sure. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, th I think, you know, I think a mid-season one, if you had to choose between a before-season live stream in, like, the Feb, sorry, live show in the Feb, a mid-season live show or an end-of-season live show, I think probably... I mean, it depends on the quality of season, doesn't it? I, I think I think mid-season is probably the... You've got something to talk about, but there's still a lot of unknowns. It's probably the most all-encompassing one to do, I think, probably. Um, so may, maybe in that mid-season break, we'll do another one. Just need to put a bit more promo behind it early early before it, before it goes live. Um, get a better get back to a more central London location, I think. It's always a risk, obviously, going outside of London. That's just kind of what I know. Um, and see how it goes. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. I would love to do more of them, though, for sure. 
for sure. Um, the the one kind of topic I did want to talk about today, though, so I think I think that's enough about me and the channel. I don't think there's too much more for me to say. Is a certain quote or line of quotes from Mr. Zach Brown, see McLaren CEO, top dog, McLaren Racing, Bosch, um, talking about the AlphaTauri Red Bull Alliance now. For one, because I've seen a few people saying, oh, you know, they're only talking now because Red Bull were the best team and AlphaTauri uh, looked competitive at the end of last year. And it's like, mm, no, no, people have had issue with with Red Bull, Red Bull's ownership of two teams for, for a long time. You know, that there, there are many quotes, there are many receipts. Um, but yeah, so basically, there's a, there's a quote here from Zach Brown believes F1 needs to reevaluate the rules concerning ownership of multiple teams. So the quote is, most other major sports prohibit the ownership of two teams within the same league because of obvious potential damage that it does to competition. It is an unhealthy situation because it impacts decisions made both on and off the track. Whether it's a case of having access to more data, sharing components, personnel, or even having influence over a strategic vote, it's not in the spirit of the regulations. Now, I think I've made my view on this fairly clear, and and I talked about this. Um, I did a video earlier this year, didn't I, um, about the AlphaTauri Red Bull kind of split. You know, will that become a new team? Will it will it be sold off? Whatever. Um, I I would rather you didn't have the same entity owning two teams for sure. Like if you could, if I could choose, I would certainly pick. Red Bull to only own Red Bull Racing and not another team. Now, <sighs> the argument against Zach's point of view is that, well, a lot of these teams have very close tyres, particularly Haas, Ferrari, um, Williams, Mercedes, you know, any engine supply deal, um, there's going to be a degree of vested interest there, which could be leveraged. Mercedes could leverage their relationship with McLaren even, for example, to try and get favourable, blah, 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 right? I think Haas-Ferrari is the most, in terms of they share the most, because my understanding is up until till now, Haas actually take more bits from Ferrari than AlphaTauri take from Red Bull officially in terms of like components and what I know AlphaTauri have tried to develop their own, I think it's suspension, right, rear suspension, I think it was, um, for time, but they're just going to take Red Bulls next season, which again makes sense. Um, because, you know, I'm sure the engineers and fines are still believe, you know, no, we can do it ourselves, you know. We don't need to just copy-paste whatever Adrian Newey does, but that's Adrian Newey, so maybe you should be. And it feels like they will be from next year. Um, look, it, it it's... There is a grey area, and I think a relationship Haas Ferrari does live in that grey area. You know, is a Haas going to? If a Haas finds itself in a battle with a Ferrari versus in a battle with a Red Bull, in this made-up scenario where Haas are actually good, is it going to go about things differently because one is a provider of components for them? and one has no affiliation with them at all. You can make that argument. And there was talk about, what was it with, um, if you watch football, Girona are leading La Liga right now. 
uh, ahead of Madrid, ahead of Barcelona, ahead of Atletico. And Girona are part of the same ownership group as Manchester City. So I believe there's a rule that if they both end up in the same Champions... They can't, basically. They're not allowed to end up in the same Champions League group. Girona and Man City. That's not allowed to happen because they are both owned by the same... You know, the same backers. And that's a rule in football. In F1, you do have two teams owned by the same organisation. And, you know, even, even when... Was it Zanvolt last year when there were a lot of conspiracy theorists out there thinking that Sonoda was told to stop on purpose because then Max could benefit, blah, 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 right? Which I didn't think was true in that instance. But also, there have been clear advantages for Red Bull over time. You know, when that Honda deal was first announced, Red Bull Honda, they actually supplied Alpha, they supplied Toro Rosso, should I say, with that engine first to almost like litmus test that Honda relationship. So Toro Rosso got the Honda engine before Red Bull did. Red Bull was still running Renault or Tag. They branded them Tag, didn't they? And 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 yeah, look, obviously there's there's been instances where, or even in what was it twenty yeah twenty ten when Alguasari was holding up Vettel briefly, and then they told him uh, Sebastian is faster than you. That old classic. Um, well, it's not the classic classic, but it's another example of someone is faster than you when you know team orders weren't allowed back then. So yeah, look, I, I would, f for sure, from a competitive point of view, I would rather... I, I, I do think there is a line that that goes over. And, and, and I don't... Not to the extent that I'm like, Red Bull needs to sell the team, they need to be forced to sell the team. But... I would rather that not be the case. Like I would certainly choose someone else to own that team, if if it was, if it was up to me. But you know, obviously, the potential if AlphaTauri start knocking on the door for you know P five, P four in the constructors, then you can understand why the other teams would be, you know, annoyed. Particularly as Red Bull are in such a strong place, and they are the parent team too. To AlphaTauri or Re Racing Bulls, whatever they're going to be called. So, I, I get it. I get it. And, and I don't disagree. I really don't. I, I think anyone... You know, the FIA can do as much as they can to try and stop... Um, you know, Haas used the Ferrari wind tunnel. Um, AlphaTauri used the Red Bull wind tunnel. Um, McLaren have got their own now they used to use Toyotas but like there are again other examples of this but for me I can accept the Haas-Ferrari relationship but the Red Bull-AlphaTauri relationship you know it for me it, it, ideally it wouldn't be the case I, but I'm the thing is, it is so difficult to manage these, you know, cross... Like, you can't stop people talking. And it's not just Red Bull, AlphaTauri people talking. It's Alpine, McLaren people talking. It's Haas and Williams people talking. You know, everyone travels together. It's one big travelling circus. It, it almost reminds me, in a way, of this whole... That whole nonsense around Toto and Susie Wolf. 
um, like yes, they're married, but there are a lot of relationships of different kinds across the paddock. People talk, and conflicts of interest exist everywhere in Formula One. You could argue that oh well, the Alpha Tauri Red Bull thing is is a similar conflict of interest to to Toto and Susie. You could maybe say that, I, uh, but I, I just think that it's very on the nose, and yeah, I wish it wasn't the case. So that light's not pink, is it? Has that light changed since I started shooting this? I'm sure it was pink at the start. I think the RGB's messed up on it. Hang on, let's try and sort this out. Because it's, it's, it's like orange right now. I want it to be pink. Hmm. Well, that looks a bit more pink. Does it? Is that pink? You can put that there. Or is it out of juice? Oh, is that, it's actually out of battery. Alright, doesn't matter. This is out of battery. That was fully charged. We're going to have to uh, sort out the RGB value on that. Um, next time but anyway 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 that's what Zach thinks that's what I think what do you think let me know in the comments below if you're watching here on YouTube or if you can comment on Spotify Apple Podcasts wherever you're watching right let's give this uh, community post I did a little while ago um, and see what <sighs> what um, questions you have right let's have a look let's have a little look my comment uh, my comment is Alonso. Should F1 teams be allowed to run just one car? This is from Stefan. Rebel Weston Martin Williams. Save money for existing teams. Cheaper for new teams entering the sport. Those teams have proven a second driver can be a waste. Should F1 teams be allowed to run just one car? Ooh. Ooh. Damn. Should F1 teams be allowed? The thing you'd only have... Well, so are you saying, Stefan, that you'd have... 20 teams with one car each. It's an interesting question. Would you rather 10, 10 teams with two cars each or 20 teams with one car each? I mean, to spend all of that money to be an F1, even a cost cap F1, and to only have one car? I don't know. One car. But then you could also have brands like Audi, well, Audi already coming in, but like Porsche and Andretti and blah, 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 and all these other teams, and you could have 20 teams. Hmm. I, I, I like the teammate dynamics. You know what? I, I think that's just part of most motorsport. Have, you know, two drivers per team. At least most top-tier motorsport, at least... In some, in some disciplines, you have more than more than two drivers per team. So, it's an interesting idea, Stefan. But, I don't know. I, I don't think... I, I think the teammate dynamics are kind of important, you know. And it gives more... It gives us more when we're analysing drivers' performances and, and the such. So, yeah. But I think, I think it's, it's, not, it's, it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. Um, what is the best item in a Christmas dinner from Funky Camels? Funky. Best item in a Christmas dinner is roast potatoes. 
when they're done right, roast potatoes are my weakness. I love a roasty. I love a good roasty. You also put in is decent. Gravy is very important as well. Um, my actually, yeah, my most controversial Christmas dinner take is that pigs in blankets are so overrated. Like they're not. I don't dislike them, but they're just mid. They just pigs in blankets are mid. I'm sorry, they just are. And Brussels sprouts can be better than pigs in blankets. What you do, you cook them, you kind of part boil them, and then you chuck them in like a frying pan or something with a bit of bacon, right? So you kind of take the pig bacon from the pigs in blankets, put it in with the... And obviously you've got the fat from the bacon that kind of renders, and you cook that, the Brussels sprouts, and it just gives it a bit of a meaty meatiness. But I'd rather have properly cooked Brussels sprouts, not just boiled and just chucked on the plate. Properly cooked Brussels sprouts with the, than I would um, pigs in blankets. They're just not worth it. They're just not worth it. Not at all. Um, F2 Championship predictions. Yes, so if you saw my video um, on F2, why I think F2 is going to be the greatest season of all time in 2024. There's a lot of competition. A lot of big names. Antonelli, Behrman, Miata, Bortoletto, Marta, Colapinto, Aaron, O'Sullivan. It goes on. So, who's going to win F2? I think, you know what, I think, I think honestly, Miata should be in a really strong place at the start of the year, given his experience in, you know, he's driven F4, F3, Super Formula Light, Super Formula um, he's done a bit of, obviously he's done Super GT, so he's, he's got that experience in, in, um, in GT cars, you know, you saw Lawson go to DTM and do bits, I think, you know, Miata winning Super GT was big, um, I would expect Miata to be in a good place, early doors, but then once, you know, you like Savantinelli, uh, Bortoletto get on top of the cars, then, It'll be an interesting split first half to second half actually this season. Be an interesting split. If I had to if I had today put money on someone to win it, I think I'd probably put Ooh, tough. Marta is definitely up there for me. Victor Marta. And actually, pre pre pack on uh Yushu Community thinks it's between Antonelli and Marta. I think it depends how quickly Antonelli gets up to speed, but he's always got up to speed super quickly. So, oh man, I would say I think Antonelli. I think the star quality of Antonelli is going to be going to be too much, but especially as it's new cars for everyone as well. I wonder how differently they're going to feel because again, on on spec sheet, these new F two cars are almost identical to last year's. They're like four centimeters longer. That's it. But the aero is very different. Those rear wings just look... And I wonder how, how, how much of a difference that's actually going to make to the... Why my hand like a weird colour? Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably say Antonelli. I do think... I think you can do a Piastro and just win it on debut. Um, Klanger 
bang our team and drop what over the course of the year best race memorable moments gut feeling about next year's car performance oh honestly like next year's so difficult to other than rebel being tops i know christian horn has been quoted saying you know we're finding it more difficult to unlock performance blah 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 you know it is in christian horn's best interest let's just say to make next year sound exciting okay because of course it's in, it's every, it's in every team principal's best interest because the value of rebel racing is inherently tied to the value of formula one the value of mercedes is inherently tied to formula one i talked about this with my total wolf rant when he just went off on a bit of a petulant tirade at Vegas. Um, so, who's going to be the... Because we never had a consistently second quickest car last year, and that's why Checo got second in the end. Oh, you, like McLaren's trajectory, just they look like they're on the right, that they're, they're going in a direction, you know? And they've got Lando and, and Oscar at the wheel, and Oscar's you got to think he's just going to take another step forward in 2024. So, you know, if I had to put money on who's going to be the second best team, it would be McLaren. Because um, who knows Ferrari, what Ferrari Mercedes are cooking. But if Charles Leclerc can start 24 as well as he finished 23, that is a scary, scary good proposition. Scary good proposition. Actually, let's have a little look at... Um, Something I didn't want to look at is my videos this year. Um, let's do 2023. So my top videos, my top videos in 2023. So my top video was shock um, when I asked Lando and Oscar to build their Dream F1 teams, which I was really happy with that video. Um, that was a that was obviously a big video for me this year. Sitting on 420,000 views, which is pretty good. Pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, it was... Yeah, obviously, when McLaren said, oh, you've got, you, you get 10 minutes with Lando and Oscar, I was like, okay. Right, I've got, I've got to make a banging YouTube video out of this. And I was like, you know what, yeah, let's, let's get them to build their dream F1 team, just like I do with my What If Whoever Joined F1 series, but they can do it, and then I'll bring it to life. Inspired by their answers, now we're in good. Now we're in good form, you know, which was just good. Um, it probably helped to have done a couple of bits with Lando before um, on Quadrant. It wasn't like it was a degree of right acknowledgement. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think helped because and Oscar's just chill, man. You know, I I did say on that day on that um, Chrome McLaren livery day. I did see them two were having to do some pretty pretty painful content to watch from the outside. <laughs> Looking in, I'm not going to name any names. Um, but they were doing a lot of short-form stuff outside, and I was just like, you know, no, I'll just leave them to do their thing. Like, I'm going to catch up with them later. going to have a proper sit-down, a proper chat. Um, Shout-out Matt Amos as well, who, who helped out with the recording of that. Um, but yeah, I was really happy with that video, how that came out. That was the kind of video I really should have like clipped up and done loads of short form from it as well, and I just never did. Um, I saw some like Japanese F1 account clipping the bit where Lando said he'd pick Yuki as his driver, which I thought was quite cool. It was quite funny. Um, but yeah, so that was my best video of the year. Then it was 
transfer predictions, driver transfer predictions. So I did that in Feb. Interesting. So I did that in the middle of Feb. Okay. Take reference to those timings because that's always going to be a... I don't want to do that video too soon. Um, but yeah, that's on what, two eight four thousand. And then my season predictions did that at the end of Feb. Can't remember. Should do it. Should do my season predictions before or after testing. I know, I know some people are saying I should do my. I should do two lots of season predictions. I should do predictions pre-testing and post-testing. I don't know. Because I don't know how much weight I'm actually going to give to testing. I'm still not sure on that one. That did 267. Mid-season report did 240. What would the F1 grid doing seven years ago? That did 200k. Because that was a video I did three years ago. And I did that in 2023. And then I'll do that again in 2026. So I think every three years, you look at seven years ago, you get you know, a good range. Why doesn't Lewis have 10 wins in a row? I thought that was a interesting topic. Reacting to my season predictions. Almost 200k. Mercedes downfall. Worst teammate pairings. That was a video that got random views out of nowhere. Um, and then five drivers you didn't know can legally race in F1. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And actually, actually let's have a look at 2022. What, what were my, my best videos in 22? So 23 Formula 1 driver transfer predictions got almost half a mil. Jeez. And then Formula 1 season predictions almost got four. That's the thing. Like These predictions videos and the mid-season report as well. It's all the same videos. It's just in 2022, they were getting a lot more views. But the videos are fundamentally the same. It's interesting. It's interesting. Helmet tier list did well, actually. I haven't done that. I didn't do that for 23. So, And my Oscar Piastri will not race for Alpine in 2023 live stream. Done over a quarter of a million views. Jeez. And yeah, I think Rebel will sell Alpha Tarot soon. Here's why. And the record that, that will never be beaten, which of course was beaten. Um, and another live stream as well, Ricardo out Piastri in. Um, that did 230,000 views. Jeez, that's crazy. And then what, 2020, what, what, what about in 21? What were my 10 best videos in 2021? Let's have a, let's have a butch. This is quite interesting actually. I've, I've not really looked at this. Come on keyboard. Are you, is the keyboard dead? I think the keyboard's, oh no, it's not dead. Um, Let's have a look. 2021, my um, my most viewed videos, <laughs> my most viewed video did over half a million. Why Haas will probably leave Formula One. They did not. Then it was driver transfer predictions. I tried to fix the seven worst F1 tracks. That was a good video. That was a good video. Actually, so that video inspired a video that Ferrari did. I was told um, when I went to Marinello um, from one of the social guys that they were inspired by, yeah, they were inspired by uh, fixing the worst F1 tracks and they did like creating the best F1 track. Dream F1 season calendar. That could be a good video to remake in 2024, perhaps. Because again, all these 21 videos next year will be three years old. So then I can start to do like updated versions of those videos you know it's it's 
it's just a it's a it's a smart way of hopefully guaranteeing some some good views. Um, Repsons do most controversial F1 opinions. Lance is faster than Max. And War of the Formula One pay drivers. Joe versus Latifi versus Mazepin. Well, Joe's still here. He's still doing it. So, big up Joe. He needs to step it up in 24. Otherwise, he won't be here for much longer. Um, right, okay. Well, 55 minutes. I think just shy of an hour is about right. So, hope you've all enjoyed this very casual, not live but still a chinwag podcast, live stream, wherever you are, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Maybe, you know, if you got this far, type Aspel in the chat on YouTube or re reply on, on Spotify, Apple Pods. And yeah, let me know any any suggestions you have for anything. Always open to hearing suggestions for content and stuff um, going forward. But yeah, pleasure as always. Thank you for Thank you for sticking by. Um, what I do, um, I wouldn't be able to do this without your support. So thank you. It's really cool opportunity is starting to come up now. It's a, it's a privilege, genuinely. And yeah, make sure, you know, if you're if you're on your own this Christmas, then keep keep on plugging away. And if there's anyone you know who's who's on their own or could do with you haven't reached out to for a while, give them a give them a little message. You know. Let them know you're about. And yeah, bring on 2024. One year closer to GTA 6, which is pretty exciting. I'll have to try and make some racing-themed content on GTA 6. That'd be fun. But yeah, drop a like on the stream if you watch this on... It's not a stream. On the pod on YouTube and five star. Tell your friends um, that if they want to listen to a pasty Englishman talk about F1 which there's not enough pasty Englishmen talking about F1 in the world <laughs> then you know where to find me um, yeah bring on 2024 and for new year there will be my big fat quiz of the year I've already filmed all of that so tune in on New Year's Day I'm not sure what time exactly but New Year's Day my Big Fat Quiz of the Year 2023 edition will be going live on the Tomo YouTube channel. So be sure to be around for that. Thank you again. And I guess I should do my proper outro. Thanks again. Have a good one. Ta-da.